Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Il Morano and that's no jive. By Lawrence Kazan, who wrote the show. Now saddle up now, cause it's time to go. It's Lawrence Kazan, the Star Wars guy. He wrote a western, cause he's a fly. It's our ship only, John Cleese and Linda Hunt. It's got to Kevin Jan, that dog can hunt. Nobody expects us to uh, do movie analysis. That is why they tune in. They tune in for the hardcore porn, yeah, and the uh, and the stories about the Chinese laundry. Fair, that's fair. Oh, Jake, baby Kevin Costner. I know, right? It's like I don't even know what to make of that character. Like, I, I have no idea what the director must have told Kevin Costner. He must, have, he must have told Kevin Costner something like, all right, here's how I want you to portray this character. You're, you are a former performer with Cirque du Soleil. You have an addiction to Viagra, and your IQ is somewhere around 90, 95. Just go. Oh, and you're good with a gun. Just, just go. Just go with that. You're like, you're like a horny Viagra-addicted child that grew up in the circus and can ride a horse and shoot for some reason. But, well, do I have time? Just take a really quick bio break. I should have done it earlier, but I don't know why I didn't. I'm an idiot. I don't know what a bio break is. He's studying, yeah. No, no, it's very. It's a bio break, like a pee break, like you go and exercise your biological function. That's that cute. is literally the first time I've ever heard any human call it that. Don't take it into the bathroom. That's all we need. Actually, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, take it into the bathroom with you. That's totally on brand for us. Uh, I don't know. I might have an empty pop bottle or something I could just pee into while I'm here. <laughs> As long as you don't accidentally drink it. No, no, no. Uh, that will never happen again. I will be right back. <laughs> All right. In in podcast form, we're going to just say what we see. Ethan is squinting up at... Nope. I already screwed that up. Emmett is, is squinting up at Ethan, saying, you changed your brand. My brand. Yeah. <laughs> you never drank decaf at home, Emmett. I was going to say, oh, yeah, well, now you draw on your horse's ass differently, McKendrick. No, no, there's no, I was just going to make a sex joke about the, uh, about the horn from his oh, saddle sticking up between his legs. And, oh, wow. And, uh, oh, my God, he just put his rope on it. Hello, step cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're solving here is the mystery, first of all, of uh, Alice and I have invited a, uh, a, a man named Eric to come on the podcast to also talk with us because he is, we learned, an actual uh, expert on cowboys who has worked at the National Cowboy Museum in Wyoming as a curator of, of horse memorabilia in, in particular. Uh, welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you very much. We actually refer to it as equine memorabilia of the pioneer West, but that's, yeah. Well. You know, that's why you're the expert. Yeah, I don't want to talk shop too much. Sure, I understand. Oh, it would be it would actually be weird if we were talking about cowboy stuff with you during this movie. <laughs> so we'll try to avoid that. Well, I mean, as long as we can remain mostly horse-centric, uh, I think it's fine. I, I'm, I'm perfectly applicable to, to a lot of this. This covers a lot of my scope. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, Alice, you remember two minutes ago we were discussing the uh, – we were discussing that horse's butt. Oh, yeah. What is the right word for a horse's butt, Eric? That would be the rear or the horse's aft. Ah, yes. We were, <laughs> we were discussing oh how God. fine the horse's aft is on Augie's horse. 
Before your audience, or Alice, or anybody doesn't realize that this is completely fictitious, I am not actually, uh, although you invented an incredibly interesting career for me that I maybe have gone, I might have gone into had things been differently. <laughs> but no, I am, I am just, a, I am just a, a, a purveyor of silliness and, and a, a lowly office worker of, of no note. So you're not really a horse fan. Is what I'm is what I'm hearing because I mean you could have just played it up the whole time. You let us down. You let us. Down. <laughs> you know it's not it's not that I'm not a horse. I'm not not a horse fan. Like I've met a couple that have been okay, but uh, you know horses are like people. Some of them are real animals. Except that usually it's easier to get along with horses than it is with people if you give them an apple. People don't respond nearly as positively to apples. I've found as horses do. This is something specific to Eric. He doesn't realize this, but unlike horses, you're not supposed to try to shove the apple in people's mouths when you meet them. Yeah, I used to live in California uh, on the west side, San Diego, and I came out of a club one night, and there was this mugger, and I got mugged, and he was like, hey, man, give me your wallet. And I'm like, oh, geez. and I, I didn't have, you know, and so I took this apple, and I started to, like, put it in his mouth. Because I'm like, no, dude, here, it's okay. Look, we're friends. It's fine. Have this apple. There you go. Oh, good. There you go. Yeah, you shoot. There you go. And I was like petting his You're nose. Petting on the haunches. Yeah, I was petting. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Here you go, boy. Good boy. Uh, it didn't work. I still got mugged. But uh, I think he definitely has a story to tell his to tell his uh, folks back mm. back on back under the bridge. <laughs> here we are in minute seventy eight, and we're trying to solve the mystery of what is going on. So part of the mystery is what is actually happening, and then the other part of the mystery is uh, Emmett making out from the horse markings that something fishy is going on here. Right. So this is actually amazing, because when I first saw the minutes you sent me, it was before I had seen the actual movie. And so for me, when I watched this, and I saw the exchange between Emmett and McKendrick, and, you know, Emmett's like... You know, hey, been a long time and whatever. And then he's like, man, you changed the way you draw on your horses. And Emmett's like, or Emma Kittrick's like, yeah, a lot of things changed when my daddy died. And I'm like, oh, what a, what a tender moment these two are sharing. It's almost like, it's almost like there's some kind of like, hey, you remember how it was? My old dad, we used to, used to take us both out to the fishing hole. Like that whole thing, like that whole, like, like the whole samurai movie trope where there's like a master and then there's two pupils and they grow up together and they eat rice together and they like whack each other with bamboo swords and go fishing together. And then like the master dies. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet and heartwarming. And I watched the movie. And the truth is Emmett killed his dad, like literally shot his dad, murdered his father. And I was like, whoa, did I miscall that? I felt like I don't know how many cocktail parties I've walked into like that where I've just completely misread the room. So I'm like, Dad, I get it. This is just so me. Yeah, that's that. That's the that's the dynamic between these two. Got like this whole like patricide thing going, like this nostalgic patricide thing going on. Like, like you signed my yearbook, then you killed my dad. Kind of, kind of vibe. So yeah, that is the first part of the interaction where these two are old, you know, rivals. Uh, Kevin Costner's character Emmett Emmett basically shot uh, McKittrick's dad because McKittrick's dad was about to shoot his brother Jake in the back. Let's say, let's say, let's say this. Let's say your dad were about to shoot Alice's sister. Okay, and Alice killed your dad before he was able to kill Alice's sister, and then. And then you saw Alice for the first time in forever. I would have said, Alice, that was fucked 
up because if you knew anything about my dad, you would know that he was way too drunk to hit anything with any gun. And if even he pulled the trigger, it would have probably shot a friggin' window out a block away. So way to go. Oh, wow. So are you, so you're still mad. Like, wait, hold on, hold on. No, 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 let's not get this on record. Hold on. No, Alice is definitely the asshole <laughs> in this situation. I agree. Uh, I thought we were done oh, with this. Wow. <laughs> She, she says, she says, she says that like this is not her first time. She's like, oh Christ, not again. This is an intervention, not a episode recording. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, we're not actually um, recording, and there are people waiting outside your door. Truth. Um, but as far as the minute goes, yeah. So this was this was a very intense uh, confrontation. Lots of lots of deep staring into each other's eyes passionately uh, throughout this thing, which again also kind of had me misreading the situation. Uh, I was taking it a different direction. Uh, then the guy with the eye patch <laughs> takes the horse and they ride away, which I guess is fine. And he just Kevin uh, or Scott Glenn's character just kind of watches after them, and then and then he just kind of grabs Augie. He just gives him like a little side hug, like a little Christian side hug, just like, "Hey, come here, kid. I I know that they took a horse that didn't belong to you anyway, but don't worry, man. It'll all be all right." Just not sure why that. He worked. had such a good rapport with that horse, too. He really did. I I kind of wish he hadn't given away the horse, uh, which is also unbelievably uh, a pinto. They that is the only time throughout the entire movie that anybody ever ever referenced a horse yeah. by its breed. No, sorry, two, twice, because Kevin Klein had a bay. That's right. He called his horse a bay, and the other one was a pinto. So the only two times that you ever knew what kind of horse was actually being used in this movie was when Kevin Klein said his horse was a bay, and uh, the other guy said, hey, that's don't you recognize that pinto? That's Lee's horse. Well, actually, it's weird. It's weird that you say that, because for the last two episodes, like, I can't get Alice to shut up about horse breeds. I, every time no. there's a horse on, she's like, oh, my God, it's a Mustang. That, that that painted horse, oh my god, it's my favorite kind. Yeah, yeah. now, we, now we're just going to be talking horses again for another two hours. <laughs> so we go on to the next part of the scene, which is a quick snap to uh, Brian Dennehy's feet on his desk. Hold on, we've got a thing here. This is the first actor that we've come across in our minutes this week who is now, who has passed away, Brian Dennehy. This is our first, our first, no longer alive actor in our minutes. Oh no 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 no! He doesn't die until the end of the movie. Like in real life, the actor. Yeah, he's not. He's not dead in the scene. I don't think. No, <laughs> he's now. Yeah. Well, he is now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> little known fact: Brian Dennehy actually passed away in 1980, after like right at the end of filming Rambo. And they had to weekend at Bernie and through this movie. Oh, there's, no. there's people all around, strings rigged up. It's a very fancy performance. They needed him. Who else could be caught? Oh gosh, he's 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 on strings. I feel like did we did I have this conversation with you in in my mind of like if they were Muppets, a Muppet Silverado. <laughs> uh, Oh my god! No, I just, it just reminded me. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it must have been in your mind because it wasn't with me in real life. A Muppet Silverado, yes. Oh jeez. Oh, I want, I uh, want this to be a Muppet movie now, though. Oh my god, Christmas Carol, yeah. Oh well, uh, the uh, the Muppet rules are that one person still has to be human, and everyone else is a Muppet. <laughs> the horses. So who is the human? <laughs> the horse. 
Jesus! In 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 the Muppet Silverado. <laughs> <laughs> the horses are not the humans. You stop. <laughs> I think it would have to be Jake because he's the one who most acts like a Muppet, which is Ooh. the meta way to cast him as the human. Well, who's the who's the hero? Is it Peyton? Oh my God. You know, actually, I, I've thought about this. I have given some thought to this. And this isn't really a story about hearing. This isn't like the Joseph Campbellian, you know, hero with a thousand faces kind of mythos. Right. This is really, if you think about this, this is a tale of a man on the Wild West trying to reclaim his laundry. Like, if you watch what this thing happens, Kevin Klein goes on this journey. Like, he starts in his underwear and then he goes throughout this movie and he's the central figure. And as he goes, Further and further through the movie, he just gets more and more of his shit back. Like, he gets his boots, and then he finds the guy with his pants, and he finds the guy with his hat, and he finds the guy with, like, his wallet. And I'm like, what the f***? This movie is just about Kevin Klein, like, getting all his shit back. Like, putting his life back together. It's almost like Kevin Klein is this weird metaphysical failure-to-launch cowboy teen that's just trying to find his way in the world. And so he starts in the desert with nothing, and he goes on this journey where he keeps finding people with his shit and shooting them and then getting his stuff back so finally at the end of the movie he's got everything back that he ever lost this is really getting meta and then he uh and then he's like fuck it i have everything i want in life i'll just shoot my eldest friend <laughs> end scene boom <laughs> oh god i never thought about the movie that way but you're right uh so brian dennehy the late great Di brian dennehy more specifically the soles of his boots enter into this next part of the scene, which I find interesting because for such a kind of corrupt, sheriffy, you know, kind of devil-may-care kind of guy, he's got a lot of rubber stamps on his desk. I'm like, what forms does he have to stamp? He's got, like, a little wire basket. Well, yeah. He's got, like, a little wire basket deluxe thing from Staples. I'm like, isn't this the 1800s? Like, how the hell did they make wire letter baskets back then? And he's got these rubber stamps, and I'm thinking, so is this what Brian Denny he does? Like, he's this bad shoot you, ride you, but now he just, like, you know, does the equivalent of Western Excel spreadsheets. And doesn't have a secretary? Like, come on. Plus, they drink a lot of coffee in this movie. Have you ever noticed how much coffee these people drink in this movie? Like, these people are completely jacked all the time. Like, every five minutes there. It's no wonder there were so many shootings oh all the time. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like, geez, somebody should <laughs> seriously... Everyone's just walking around vibrating <laughs> on coffee. They totally are. And so that's that's the thing I noticed about this. Where did you get the Ohio Super 8 Lobby coffee mug from? Oh <laughs> right? They didn't take it out in, uh, in editing. <laughs> but he says it's pretty good. I feel like there's a lot going on in the set, like the, the set design that they did. I feel like there's a lot of really Easter eggy sort of unanswered questions. Yeah. Like the hat rack behind McKittrick at the end of the scene where McKittrick's like, you're going to earn your money. There's like three hats there. I'm like, who else is in this building? That had to like come in, clock in, put their like don't you keep, remember you can't wear your hat in the building. You got to hang your hat up. Like whose are all these hats? Who do these hats belong to? That's a really good point. Does Brian Dennehy just have different hats for different functions? That is a thought I hadn't had. He doesn't have one on right now, so maybe they're all his. Maybe he's like, hmm, what kind of cowboy sheriff? What kind of corrupt cowboy sheriff do I want to be today? Do I want, like, the flip side up? Is it going to be, like, a jaunty, like, a rakish angle? Do I want to be kind of the devil-may-care, corrupt frontiersman? You know, or do I want to have the more demure, like, maybe I'll shoot you, maybe Former I Former sheriffs? I don't know. <laughs> like, they die, and it's just 
their hats still. Oh, hang. that's funny. That's funny. That's a good. I like that. I like that interp. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even for natural causes. No, no, no. They didn't age out. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they had fucking heart attacks from drinking coffee twenty four seven. Hey guys, thanks for listening. The Silverado Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. The Silverado Minute can also be found on social media. It's on Facebook at The Midnight Star, The Silverado Minute Listener Saloon, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. There are hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at MoviesByMinutes.com. If it's a movie you love, it's either there or it's waiting for you to put it there. Join us tomorrow on episode 79, where you'll hear Miss Stella say... What I've seen, Peyton doesn't care about money. (laughs)